It's Sunday morning. Time for the great outdoors with Charlie Potter. Brought to you by the all-new Chevy Silverado and ChevyDriveChicago.com on Chicago's very own 720 WGN. Good morning. Welcome to the Great Outdoors Show. Your host, Charlie Potter, here on WGN Radio. And this morning, uh, I'm doing the show from close to as far away from the studio as I've ever been. And I thought about this over the past 23 years as I was preparing for this morning's show. I brought the Great Outdoors to you from the tip of South Africa. I brought it to you from Argentina, from Scotland, from the north, from the Arctic Circle of Alaska and other places, but I've never brought it to you from the big island of Hawaii. And this morning, I say aloha from the big island of Hawaii, where I've had the pleasure of spending a few days looking at some of the world's most awesome flora and fauna and aquatic life. And it, I've never been here. It's a truly spectacular island. I've been to all of the islands now with the exception of Molokai and the Hawaiian chain. Uh, they're all ecologically different. They're spectacular from the far north when you're all the way in the north, northernmost island, all the way down to the big island of Hawaii. When you're up in Kauai, up in the north, you've got these incredible rainforests and cliffs coming down to the ocean, and you can paddleboard around on the ocean and look cliffs going up and be in the middle of rainforests. Here on the Big Island of Hawaii, it's called the Big Island for a reason. It's a lot bigger, and it's diversity of, of climates, and, and its diversity of flora and fauna is, is just incredible. So I'm going to end the show by coming back there. But in the meantime, I suppose maybe it does this to you, being away from the traffic lights and the honking of horns and everything in Chicago for a few days. But I thought I would talk this morning about something that is increasingly important to me personally, and I think maybe to many of you, and that is the civility of our dialogue when we're talking about con- really contentious issues. And what spawned this today was I was reading several releases on a proposed major solar wind farm that is proposed on over 200,000 acres of Bureau of Land Management land in the American West to provide power to California the transmission lines running across several Western states and the power actually not coming from California at all and the potential environmental implications of this. And it made me think, I've been doing this as you know, for, for quite a while. And I remember back in the 1980s, one of the single most contentious environmental conservation issues of the day was the army Corps of engineers plans to build the world's largest pumping station at the mouth of the Yazoo river where it empties into the Mississippi just north of Vicksburg. And as I think back 35 years ago at the meetings that we had, they were civil, and yet people were on polar opposite extremes. Agricultural interests demanded the pumps be built. Conservation interests said not so fast. But we sat around tables, and we had, we had conversations. NBC News came down and did a special on it. That's back when... Everybody watched the nightly news, and I remember Tom Brokaw leading into the show, and I was in a canoe in in the in the uh, in Steel Bayou, which was about to be clear cut by the uh, by the Corps of Engineers. Virgin timber was being cut, and yet all of these discussions were had in a way where we respected each other's opinions. And I could go through the last thirty five years of my life experience 
in the conservation arena with really contentious issues, Bristol Bay, and do we build the large mine at the, at the uh, Pebble Mine the, at the headwaters of one of the great streams of Bristol Bay? That's a more recent occurrence. But throughout this, there's something that has struck me, and I'm much more aware of it now, and, it, and, and, it, and it's because I think we, we've reached a point where we don't have civil we don't have civil discourse with people who don't agree with us. And, and I'm not trying to be a psychiatrist. I have no idea why this occurs, except my observation is you no longer sit down and talk to someone face-to-face anywhere near as often as you do. Hop on your computer and send off some visceral message or send someone a text. We don't even call people on the phone anymore. Everything is text and email. Uh, the idea of having of needing someone to answer your phone calls if you run a business is is virtually gone. Everything you get is directly to you. Also, it's it's a way you're faceless. And if you look at the Internet and how people use the Internet, we have become so much more aggressive. And this past winter, it really struck home with me. Why can't we have a, a civil, civic discord among people who are well-intentioned but have differing views on major conservation or environmental issues. We need to, or we're not going to make any progress, or we're simply going to turn the world over to lawyers who will sue on everyone's behalf and will never get anything done. So as I talked to you this morning from the Big Island of Hawaii, I'm thinking about this. And most recently, I've talked a great deal about the situation in Manitoba, where the Canadian government, or in this case the the province of Manitoba, is changing very significantly how Americans are going to be treated when they come to Manitoba, and it's not for the better. There are reasons on both sides as to why we need restrictions on Americans or may need restrictions, and there are also many people who feel that they are not needed. My point is not on the show this morning to rehash a lot of the dialogue and the interviews I've had over the past months. It's to say, why are people so hostile to having a conversation for a good outcome. And in this case, I think it's the government of Manitoba that dismissed arbitrarily not only the feelings of a lot of people in Manitoba, but also a lot of their customers. And they did it in a way where there was no dialogue. There was no outreach to say, we are thinking of of making these major changes. How will it impact you? How will it impact Manitoba businesses? How will it impact friendships between Americans and Manitobans? How will it impact the management of wildlife resources? There was none of that. It was a heavy hand, bang. This is what we're going to do. And not surprisingly, as a result of that heavy hand, lots of people now have fired back because they were not part of the conversation. They were disrespected. They weren't valued. And these are individuals who are elected representatives of Manitoba. They're individuals who lead major conservation organizations. They're individuals who spent a lot of their life in Manitoba hunting and fishing. It all comes back to we've reached a point where we don't talk to each other. And in the conservation world, we cannot solve problems if we don't talk to each other in a respectful manner. And and after doing this for so long, it's sort of like I had an aha moment over the past six to nine months, as I start to reflect on whatever happened to the idea of getting on an airplane and sitting down and talking to someone who has a different point of view, or getting in your car and going and seeing them, or even picking up the phone. 
No, we don't do that. We just hide behind a computer and send and send letters and, 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 and activate people instead of having rational discussions. And I, I think also the U.S. government and the states are, are, are equally to blame, as, as I'm pointing out with Manitoba. They hide behind this. I've been involved in any number. They, when I say they hide behind this, they hide behind electronics. I've been involved in any number of conversations with the Forest Service, Bureau of Land Management, Department of Interior. And the conversations of today are very different than the conversations I had of 30 years ago. The difference is technology. That's what's happened to us. And so as I look at some of the major conservation slash environmental issues in front of us, if we can't step away from our computers and we can't sit around tables and respect each other for having different opinions and work things out, we have a very, very dubious future when it comes to solving conservation problems, when it comes to solving major issues that will affect the environment. There's always a common ground. And today, we, we don't seem to find it. And we don't find it because we've lost our connectivity with each other. Far easier to send an email and, and then disappear behind a computer screen than it is to actually be a person and send a handwritten letter or something like that or, or go see somebody. So as I look at the coming year and, and some of the major conservation issues facing us, I think it's going to be really important to see if we can develop a, a more conciliatory, respectful, civil dialogue. I don't care how extreme our position and it stands obviously way beyond the conservation arena, but my expertise is conservation. How, it doesn't matter how extreme our positions are, can we find a way to be civil to each other, respect each other, and come to positive outcomes? It's going to be a big challenge because as a society, we're moving away from it. And having spent my lifetime in conservation and trying to solve conservation problems, I see it as one of the biggest obstacles we have. There aren't necessarily rights and wrongs. There's always compromise. And if we don't sit down and talk to each other face-to-face and respect each other, we're not going to have any compromise, and we're just going to be at loggerheads. So that's part of what I thought I would talk about from Hawaii when I come back. I'm actually going to talk about Hawaii for a moment. Thanks for listening. I'll be back in just a moment. This is Charlie Potter on the Outdoor Voice of Chicago and America, 720 WGN, and first the message from our longtime sponsors, the Northwest Indiana and Chicagoland Chevrolet dealers. When sunrise is your alarm clock, life is different. You eat a ditch for breakfast. Love the smell of diesel in the morning with a hot cup of joe. The weather report is 40% chance of mud. And corporate pull, that's 36,000 pounds of towing capacity with a gooseneck trailer. Mudden is PTO. You know sometimes when the paved road ends, the fun begins. Chevy Silverado 3500 HD is waiting to run over something, anything. No road, no problem, because the best way out is always through. A trouble rides a swift horse, and you don't want trouble pulling a backhoe loader. Chevy Silverado HD is a wake-up call. Now, during Chevy truck season, get a $1,000 accessory allowance toward the purchase of a new truck with accessories. You worked hard for your money. Spend it smart. So see your Chicagoland and Northwest Indiana Chevy dealer today or go to ChevyDriveChicago.com for all the details. Chevy Silverado HD. Power up and experience life in HD. It's Charlie Potter and the Great Outdoors on Chicago's very own 720 WGN. Welcome back to the Great Outdoors show. Charlie Potter, your host. 
calling in this morning from the big island of Hawaii. And I guess you could say maybe I'm off my soapbox, but I hope that wasn't a soapbox as much as it was a chance just to reflect. And when you step out of the world you're accustomed to every day and you get into a place where you can just let your mind work and, and not be hassled, it's amazing the things you think about. And I've had that experience here in Hawaii, which is why, as I said, I had sort of not an epiphany, but it's just a continuation of my thought about how are we going to move conservation forward. So the Big Island of Hawaii, it's truly spectacular. If you have not been here, it, it has to be on your list if you enjoy the outdoors. And I don't mean just enjoy the outdoors by sitting on a beach. That's not the Hawaii I'm talking about. I'm talking about the Hawaii of getting on, and there aren't many roads in the Big Island, getting on the back roads and seeing what the, what this island is all about. And it's incredibly diverse. Basically, it's incredibly diverse weather patterns. You can be five miles away from a place that is a rainforest getting 200 inches of rain a year, and you can be standing on lava rocks that never get any rain. You can be down on the coast looking up at huge, steep 500-foot cliffs, and you can bend a corner and have a beautiful sandy beach, although the Big Island doesn't have as many sandy beaches as the other islands. It's, it, it's where the Parker Ranch basically brought cattle to, to much of Hawaii. It's, it is where the indigenous people have been for hundreds, if not thousands of years, in fact. One of the coolest things I did when I was here is I went into the rainforest, and I went to a place called the Lutkin House Gardens. It's in the northeast part of the island, not too far from Hilo, and it's a rainforest of, believe it or not, 17 acres. So this goes to show you what one person can do, and I thought I'd just spend a moment talking about it because we often think of groups doing things. One person can make a world of a difference. So there was a guy from San Francisco by the name of Dan Lutkin House, who came here in 1977 to the Big Island. He came on a vacation, and he stayed for a life the rest of his life. He ended up buying a 17-acre piece of property on the ocean in the rainforest. This is 1977. Think about this. That was so overgrown that a machete was needed to only walk a few feet. There was, there was no Google Earth. You couldn't look at things. Aerial photograph. Photography was not something that was common. The military did it, but the rest of us didn't do it. He bought this 17 acres, and he found on the 17 acres, as he hacked his way through the wilderness downhill, and the hills were steep, he found that he actually had oceanfront property. The title when he bought it said that he had oceanfront property, but there was no way to get to it. There was no beach. So he decided to dedicate the rest of his life to building a place that all people visiting the Big Island of Hawaii would enjoy. And he spent eight years clearing and collecting and planting trees and flowers in this rainforest from around the world and creating gardens that you could find only in the South Pacific, or maybe you could find them in Australia. Maybe you could find flowers from Africa. He went around the world collecting plants and created the Hawaii Trop Hawaiian Tropical Botanic Garden. And it is unbelievable. You could spend an entire day there just looking at the flowers. I mean, orchid trees and things you, you just never see. And being this flatlander from Chicago, you get in the middle of a rainforest, and it's, it's really pretty, it's pretty inspiring to see that one individual dedicated the latter part of their life, in his case, the last couple decades of his life, to building this 
this treasure, this botanical garden. And you go to the you go up to the botanic garden up on the North Shore outside of Chicago, or you go to the gardens in Portland, Oregon, and you see these wonderful gardens, and you realize that flowers can bring such joy. And I don't say that in a Zen way. I just mean you look at tropical plants and flowers and birds, and then you come to a place like this, and it's not they're not in cages. There's no roof over the top. This is the real deal. And he added, as I said, plants and flowers from all over the world. And then he gave it to the state of Hawaii as a gift from him for his life's work. So there are many things that I found here on the big island of Hawaii. But one of them is if you're in the rainforest area, you literally can watch things grow and bloom as you're standing there. It's just, it's like being in the Costa Rican rainforest. And yet you can also be a few miles away in a desert where a blade of grass doesn't seem to grow and you've got black lava. And then you can go down and see some of the most violent cliffs in the ocean crashing against them. And as I mentioned, you can jump on a paddleboard. Some people surf, I don't, but jump on a paddleboard and you can paddle the coastline in calm seas. So the big island of Hawaii is... I guess it's not a tourist show for the big island of Hawaii, but it truly is one of the most magical places I've ever been. And I've had the good pleasure, as many of you, fortunate as many of you know, listening to me all these years to have been able to go for WGN radio to all kinds of really fabulous places in the world to talk about things that are happening in conservation and the environment. This is absolutely at the top of the list from its indigenous people to the way today they care for the island I've yet to see a single piece of litter on this island anywhere. They Yes, they have signs saying there's a steep fine if you litter, but you don't litter here because it's too beautiful to litter. So if I had a recommendation, if you want to put it on your tour guide, yes, it's a long way from the heartland of America, but it's definitely worth it. It's an island that is large enough to, to explore over a period of time, and you'll see so many different environments while you're here that you don't have to go all around America to see deserts and, and to see tropical areas and mountains. And we see snow when we're here as well at the top of Mount Achaia. It's really unbelievable in that regard. So thank you for listening. I will be, I promise you, I'll be back in Chicago next week to talk about things much closer to the homeland, the heartland of America, WGN in Chicago. In the meantime, have a great week in the great outdoors, and please think a little bit about this conversation of civility, how we can learn to move forward in the conservation arena by being more civil to each other and figure out ways to do it. We've got to. Thanks so much for listening. This is Charlie Potter on the Outdoor Voice of Chicago and America, 720 WGN.